In the year 2007 AD, DarkCrazy.com launched the last of its eighth-dimensional probes. Theorizing that one could save the world with the teachings of popular culture, Dr. Sean, Buck, Gilberto stepped into the TBA and accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself in a dimension not of sight but of sound, existing in an imaginary non-space called the Inner Webs. His chief advisor on this journey is Greg, the Gruff co-founder of the project, who appears in the form of a voice Sean can only sometimes hear. They are often accompanied by other travelers on the seas of fate, such as Hazel Lynn, Scary Gary, Mandarin, Robo Brooks, and Tracy Luna. I am wrong, an experimental robot built by Sean to be his constant companion. We've been running ever since, leaping from life to life pointing out things that once went wrong, in movies and TV. In this strange wild adventure inexplicably known as... TV ate my dinner. TV at my dinner. My name is Sean, and I'm sitting here with Andrew and Lynn. Hello. Hello, hello. Greg may join us later at some point. We'll try to patch him in. In, in, the, in the black hole. He's lost in the wormhole. The black hole, yeah. kids. Greg we've we've, been, we've been getting a thumbs up signal from, from years, but we don't know. I didn't realize that there were like things tapping on my window in Morse code. I didn't realize. I didn't read the dust. So it, was dust, it was dust, it was gravity. Which made me eagle in the theater. I was like, it's gravity. <laughs> <laughs> a movie that's so like steeped in, in, in science where they just say dumb things like something to do with gravity. Like, and then everyone's like, like Maybe gravity? it's magnets. Like, whoa, gravity. gravity. They know what they're they, talking they about. They said a, there was a gravity thing. They did have that awesome moment though when they're like, you said gravity, and McConaughey's like, of course, gravity. You can all get excited about gravity later. That guy's like yeah, that one guy goes like, I'm a scientist. I like gravity. Oh, man. Like, sometimes you got to go backwards to go forwards is all I'm saying. Yeah, you know? somebody needs to make a supercut of all his monologues from the True Detective. And <laughs> together movie. with his Lincoln commercials. Yeah, and that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so funny. They hired him to do those commercials so he would act like he did True Detective. It's like, are you sure this is the best advertising point? You know, I travel in space and time and stuff and whatnot. I did it before it was cool. <laughs> That's the thing about traveling through a wormhole. I get older and they stay the same age. Like all actors. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. God, okay, so obviously, obviously, <laughs> we're talking interstellar tonight. Interstellar. No, we're talking about gravity, aren't we? <laughs> it's all about gravity, man. Come on. 2001. Probably something to do with magnets. I'm a scientist. He's really good. All right, let's start things. off with <laughs> let's start off with overall thoughts of this movie. Yeah, before we get into it, because I I, I just couldn't contain my questions. I posted them online and, <laughs> so and many started questions. the discussion early. <laughs> it's like yeah, the well, I, I'll try to hit ever. them all in this because because I felt like I felt very vindicated in just in just extemporaneously writing down a synopsis of the entire movie in Socratic form. <laughs> So, so. so what so did you think of it, today. Sean, overall? I, and, and I have said, I enjoyed the movie. I actually, what Megan was actually the one who intellectualized it first. I was like, that was a good movie. That was real good. And she's like, but wait, like, Columbo. Like, I just have one question. It's like, just a little tag, like, pulling the thread a little bit. She's like, did that ending match the movie at all? Or was it dumb? <laughs> wait a minute. Was this movie dumb? It just unraveled the whole movie from back to front. Like, wait a minute. Well, if that didn't work, then, well, wait a second. Why did they even do this? Like, hold on a minute. I really thought this wasn't a Dark Knight Rises to me by by any stretch. No, it wasn't. People said it was Prometheus this year, and I don't I think it's I even think better it was. than Prometheus. In a sense, it no, is. No, Prometheus was really I, dumb. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you I'll the liken it to Prometheus in this one respect, in that 
for some reason, despite all of the story problems in Prometheus, I still like Prometheus. Yeah, that's true. And I do sort of liken this movie to it in that way, where and, and yes, I, I can I can deconstruct the entire story, but I still liked this movie. I still enjoyed. I think that I did. think the difference is Prometheus and Dark Knight Rises, they both, I mean, were amazing looking movies like this one was, but they totally didn't make any sense. Like literally, the story presented this made sense. Well, that's but the it whole was just like it is... was just goof. It was just really clunky. Like in the just framework like, oh, that's is, a is the difference, there, man. You know, Dark Knight Rises and uh, and Prometheus. If you start stripping away the story, you realize there's no there's no solid framework at all. There's no reason yeah. for any of it. Like in this, this it's a con- this it's the a, opposite. Just a sloppy construction on top of a solid framework. It's like it feels like there's an hour took extra. Some shortcuts so in the writing. Junk. You could have all of the beats you wanted. You could have done. All you had to do was just write it a little better. Yeah, like, it's, it's like it's weird if you did how we would have done it because the premise and everything they want to hit, and even the re- like the him communicating with her, all that stuff is a cool idea. They just executed really clunky. It's yeah, just really, it, it like, was just sloppy. like lazy writing, and it really comes down to there was and, a lot of laziness we'll this, in it. Yeah, my my beef with Nolan at this point is I feel like at this point he is getting that this is lazy writing and he thinks that other people aren't picking up on well, it. Well, I read an interview where he said I, just that. He said, yeah, there's sure there's plot holes in my movies, but nobody notices them. And it's like no you, you just got asked the question about the plot holes in your movie, dude. People notice them. Yeah, You're not they smarter notice. than everyone else. But this, I, I'm actually kind of vindicated in the reaction because everyone has that same reaction. It's like, we're not saying it's a bad movie, but... Like we all noticed that the, this is there are some issues. This is just, this is just a creative writing problem. This is just like let, let's workshop. And, and it and it's not even a. I feel like this one's less of a creative writing problem, kind of like that. But it's more like it's a taste problem. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't even know if I'd have that scene in there. That like her, like we'll get into. It. We should just go through it like What's sequentially and talk about it. But there's just certain scenes are like I don't even think you needed that scene, and you could get across that same point. Like why are you even having? It was this a really scene? long movie. Well, and th- this yeah. is another one of those really movies. Long. I'm telling it's you, a really long movie that feels. I'm starting to wonder if director director driven movies are the way to go because it used to be in the days of the studio system, the directors would all get shut out, and then someone would cut the movie, and they'd always complain. And now you're seeing these directors' cuts that aren't any good, or not as good as they well, could be. I just the got the director's cut have... of Nightbreed, and I love Nightbreed, and it was good. But I but at every step, I was like, you know, this was tighter and well told in the original version. Like it might, he should have t- taken a step back and realized that someone did him a favor to recut him. Yeah, maybe the editor actually knew what he's doing. Yeah, that's, that's his, his job. job. <laughs> yeah, they know. Like, I'm not saying that the, the the director's vision should be ignored, but I mean, you're just talking about streamlining. You're just talking about this same thing was already communicated in a scene. Let's cut this scene. You know, and these directors now, like yeah. Peter Jackson and Christopher Nolan, nobody recuts them because they're they're gold. So they're allowed to do whatever they want, and they're actually hurting themselves. Yeah, I got the themselves. extended edition of The Hobbit the other day, the second Hobbit one. <laughs> I need to get that. I'm interested in that. It's like, wait, did we did we really need that another flashback to the same bit that we already watched <laughs> in, in the first movie? In a movie that everyone agrees this is wasn't way in the original, too long. Was it? We need a longer version. I was like, Ben, was this in the original? <laughs> I said, like, Ben, is this in the original version? And he's like, no. And I'm like, good, because it was long and boring. And he's just like, give me this look. Err. <laughs> Talk like that about my extended editions. Well, I'm interested. I'm going to get the extended edition. I always like that. And there's sometimes there's nuggets. Like, I didn't think an extended edition of the first one was necessary, but there was actually some stuff in that that I enjoyed. Like, there was... <laughs> I got to tell you, too, like a side note, I'm like, I talked myself just my not even thinking about it. Just like, yeah, The Hobbit's going to be fun. We'll see that. But then even when I see the trailer in the theater, I'm like, Ugh. oh, this trailer's boring. <laughs> it's like... Boring. This is well, like I feel like all the whimsical stuff is over. So, it's like, so... Yeah, it's so the, tense, and it's like I gotta watch the people and mope movies, for three hours now. All those movies, they always have bad trailers. They've always had bad trailers. They're always just like a trailer yeah. to say, "Look, this is coming." You know, don't even worry. You'll watch it. We already you know you're in theater watching it, so we're not trying. I just feel it's gonna be really mopey for three hours. <laughs> they know you're gonna see it. They're not winning anyone. There's no one that hasn't watched the other one, so it's like, well, what is this Hobbit all about? I also don't think that Battle of Five Armies is the defining moment of the Lord of the Rings history. That's no, what but they, they have to say that because it's this is like Revenge of the Sith, where it's like a prequel, but it's the last film, like of six films, and they're acting. But you like could argue that Revenge of the Sith is. is a pivotal moment in that universe, whereas like the Battle of Five Armies is yeah, like, but it's yeah. not. Good. So, well, there's five armies, dude. <laughs> they a... They're battling. This will probably... Yeah, it's, yeah. it's five whole oh, armies. Battle! 
It is pivotal for Peter Jackson because the battles are the only bits that he actually wants. This is wants. going to be the last of these movies, almost certainly, it's, at this it's point. It's so pivotal that in the book, the main character sleeps through it. Yeah, and in the movie, we'll sleep through it. Bah! There's a there's ah, a there's a tra- there's a couple different there's a couple different posters. I saw a different one at a different theater, but um, where like Bilbo's holding a sword, but there's one where he's just kind of sitting down, tired, with his head down, like in his lap almost. And somebody posted on Twitter, it's like, when when the main character's checking his watch, that's a problem. <laughs> like Gandalf did in those other movies. I was like, yeah. He's in the shots on the internet yeah. where he's actually wearing his watch in the shot. So like I like this movie. Dollar I movie it was really good. just forgot to tell him to take his watch off. By that stage, they didn't care that much. Whatever. We'll probably just Photoshop it out or something. We're yeah. probably going to replace him with a fairy. I had a lot of expectations expectations going into the interstellar just because you know i'm a nolan fan and i love I inception curious. a lot andrew drags because, us back on the topic because i am more critical <laughs> of christopher nolan we'll get into that too because i think i've actually i think i've actually traced this back to patient zero for him i think this movie has done it Uh-oh. like where i'm like oh i think i know where this all started but <laughs> but yeah i am curious to see like because with like Inception was to me like a flag. Like you were a big fan of Inception, I thought well, that was pretty good, but that was pretty much over overplayed. And some of the same criticisms that I had with Inception actually come through in Interstellar. I liked Interstellar better. I liked the emotional core of the story better, but I think some of that same like storytelling problem is 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 present in in Interstellar. Where it's like a need yeah, to overcomplicate I, things that are not particularly complicated. Yeah. And over, oversimplify things that should be. And to try to pretend that you're being a scientist when you're not. Well, I, let, let's yeah. now, now that we've stated we, we enjoy the film, I guess we did that. It's one we, of those things I think I've gone like in a cycle, though, because I went, I saw it and I was like, that was fun. But then as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is. Well, and that was my favorite. Uh, like, after, I'm halfway through thinking this is a masterpiece. I wonder yeah. if once this movie is done, I'll look back and and not think that way. And not, we were walking out of the theater, and Megan is like, "But what about this?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, I guess." I, I almost think I this is like a Hobbit situation. I think you could cut it. I've cut said out that, and I do believe it could and make a yeah, masterpiece. Most out of, of the this. dumb things. I think there's quite a few things that would just be yeah, a few little changes that shows you and they could that the framework is solid. It. Like if you you could make a cut of this movie that's way better, and mostly just cutting out yeah. them saying dumb yeah, I things. I think there's a good movie in here. I, I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch. I there's some melodramatic issues. things that are not necessary to the emotional core of the story, and there's a lot of dumb things that they just. This is like Prometheus in that way too. They just assume things First of all, unscientifically. Let's just cut out that brother character because he's not necessary at all. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll try to work through some of these questions. Then I don't know if we'll make it through all these questions. But there may be valid... I mean, it was a long movie. I don't always understand things. Not all these questions may be damning as an indictment of the story. But I am curious, like, as we start, like, exactly what was the scenario that led humanity to have so many wars that they don't need a military anymore? Like, is that the thing? Or was it the famine that was the reason... I think it was because everyone was dead. I think is it that was the thing? Is there so the few people? Like, because it feels like there's like millions of people. You would think a global alive. food yeah. shortage would probably make more wars, not But it's fewer. happened so suddenly. It's it's funny because it seems like it's happened really suddenly because, you know, in his memory, he remembers MRIs and that sort of thing. He remembers the day when it was yeah, better. Yeah, and, and but, his... And yet it's happened slowly enough for humanity to, to adapt and society hasn't fallen apart completely. And his so father-in-law is like basically from our world because he's like, oh, I remember they used to invent a gizmo yeah. gadget every day. Well, they're, and they're also on the porch drinking beers too. Now we don't even have to make... Like, now we don't even know how from? to make them newfangled <laughs> MRI machines, which... <laughs> Why can't they make MRIs? Like, what? And in 30 years, you convince people that the moon landing but was a hoax and all this stuff. Why did we become yeah, a non-technological that, that society? Completely like, yeah, no, there is no such thing as the NASA landing. Don't be stupid. But like, why would what? they say, like, we don't want people to try to be an astronaut. It's like, it doesn't matter. They can't be, so they have to be farmers. Why are you even worried about well, them yeah, exactly. being that, anything that, that Most like, of them yeah, are farmers by necessity. We don't want people to have any thoughts in their head. This movie's kind of condescending to farmers, though. It's like, why is it, like... Farming doesn't require any technology or understanding of technology or any greater education. They're just basically like, we all just grow stuff and things happen and we have stuff that does things. And he mostly uses robots. They're using computer-controlled robots. You would absolutely need technicians. The first thing that happens is they call the NASA guy 
when their tractors don't work. You would certainly need people right. that had education and knew how to work computers. Like I, that, that makes no sense that we live in a world where they're like, well, you know, his scores aren't good enough to go to university. Why are they going to university? What's it for? They've created like this propaganda yeah. machine to make everyone think that we never lived in a civilized society. What are they learning in university? And it was the excesses of the past. It was just a clunky, you know, society has gone down the toilet and we've got propaganda. Well, it's weird because it feels like it's it feels like the whole society is that one town too. That's because we never see anything else in that dust bowl, and they make it. And it feels like they don't want to spend any budget on that. Is the whole world a dust bowl? Like they're like they can't grow okra here anymore, so that's the last okra crop ever. And next time it'll be corn. It's like wait a second, is the whole world (laughs) subsisting on okra and corn? Yeah, that was the other strange thing. Where was the pigs and the cows and stuff? Are they all dead too? What's happening? Probably, yeah. We're all just eating okra think, and corn. We're eating popcorn. At the, but then every time the they, they had a dinner scene with them, they had heaps and heaps of food on their plate. They're like, I don't want to mm-hmm. eat this food. Good, Yeah, good um, old-fashioned. Cool. <laughs> exactly. But it's a world food shortage. And the corn farmers are the last to know that the corn crops are going to die. And don't they have... They seem to be eating fine. And Because he, he says that line, is like, where do my taxes go if we don't have universities? It's like, it's like they sort of underhandedly suggest, well, of course, they all secretly fund NASA that is underground for no reason. They're secretly funding this, yeah, the gravity base. It's all to do with gravity. Come on, man. Stuff. Stay with it. So I don't understand. And they don't seem to have a police force. They don't have a military, but there doesn't seem to be anybody governing how they treat each other. They're like setting fire to fields and stuff. And coming at each other with tire irons. Yeah, it seems a little, like you don't want to go full out post-apocalyptic, but it seems very normal. There's not like there's not a desperation going on here. And well, yeah, they're I mean, they just going to school and they're learning to be farmers. And it seems like it's just a very simple rural life. It's like a it's like Playing life would baseball. be like in a small town and somewhere. You, think, you know, like they have like these I, underground like the stations for NASA, so they're trying to be spaceships. And they're testing the crops to see, you know, the nitrogen levels are going to cause the bacteria, to, the fungi to be able to eat all the crops. Like, well, first of all, you're building these underground, so it would seem like you are developing these kind of hydroponic labs that you could grow crops, and you're filtering out most of what's in the atmosphere that is dangerous. You know, you're building these sterile or should be, you're taking all our tax money to build a centrifugal space station that can somehow transport all of humanity that to another galaxy. That comes back to the, the biggest problem with the ending, though. You're already going to the problem with the ending, which is if they can create a space station with a livable environment on it to circle around Jupiter, certainly they could have done yeah. that on Earth. Or what? Yeah, if you could terraform right. Saturn, why can't you terraform Earth? You ever yeah. seen Biodome? Yeah, for real. For me, that's the biggest problem with the ending is that they just... Why couldn't you just terraform the moon and grow corn there? You didn't need to circle Jupiter. If you could create a big facility that would house people, enough people in it, that could save their lives and have crops and have... You know, roofs on the sky. You That's what I like. I like that. I mean, it's kind of related to that. But one of the Neil deGrasse Neil Tyson deGrasse points was that he said, "You know, Mars looks way better than any of those planets they went to." Yeah, like these planets <laughs> like are Mars practically uninhabitable. <laughs> and then, like, it's something like eighty years later, I guess, in the timeline when he gets back because his daughter's still alive, so it's not that long. And they've somehow built like a Saturn honest. base that looks like a lush paradise. Yeah, and they're not even going through the wormhole. Yeah, why yeah, wasn't that planet? Wormhole. That's the thing. At the end of the day, none of the wormhole stuff met, meant anything. No, you didn't need just, the oh, other galaxy. And fine. they never explained the gravity equation. Why did that give us the ability to terraform other planets? And why do we... I mean, I can't believe that finding another dimension is easier than figuring out how to grow okra. <laughs> when everyone on the planet is a trained farmer. Or even, but like, even, that doesn't make any sense because even today we have the technology around to be able to synthesize food. We don't need to grow it. If the, if the population completely died, like everyone was dead and we only had a few whatever people and we needed to survive, we wouldn't have to grow corn. We could find other ways. We got years of ding-dongs and Twinkies built up. We could just, well, that is true. I mean, I think there'd be more Twinkies. than one generation's worth of food just sitting around before, like, they're like, your daughter's generation will be the last generation on the planet. It's like, Why oh, ain't we eating mushrooms? What? And this is, that, that, that we're skipping a little bit ahead, but that brings me, like, 
the part that that that, that just gets on my nerves the most is look okay you like you found a binary code in the dust that told you these coordinates to this place and you had no idea what it was but you went there and then you found out it's NASA and then it turned out you used to work for NASA and then you met a guy you used to work with and then he said we're doing a mission into another galaxy and then like a week later you're the mission pilot who was going to pilot that ship before Matthew McConaughey showed up no, he, he makes that point no they make that point they say we had pilots they are ready to go they're just not as good as you they but actually make that point. On no there. training, because she's still mad at him. This isn't like a year later. This is like a week later. Well, that's later. one of my first emotional beats of the movie that makes no sense to me. Is that, like, those, I feel like I, I don't have a problem sometimes with crazy, like, all these things we're talking about. But when just a logical, emotional thing doesn't work, where he comes and they have a big scene and he says goodbye to her. And then he leaves, and then he's like, he's leaving right away. I was like, there would probably be like a couple months of like training yeah, and stuff, this, wasn't there? Yeah, and this conversation could have happened before he's walking out the door. It's like, does he have, does Later, he have to leave that afternoon? Later, she's living on the base. He couldn't have taken her to the base to say goodbye? <laughs> yeah. That's what, I mean, that, that, isn't that's that what pilots like, normally do? It's like, it's like, it feels like he got there, and they go, hey, we're going to leave tonight. you got to be here by 6. And you're like, all right, hold that on. That gets to something that we've talked kids, about be before back. on the show, which is treating the timeline of us watching the movie as though it's the same as them being in the movie. Like, But you have a lot yeah. more time, obviously, from the time you got back there and got ready to fly off. This conversation would have happened a thousand times. Like yeah. so, you're telling me you're about you're walking out the door, and then this is when she says, "Like I'm just mad at you." It's like, oh, I can't. Wow, the first time I heard of it, it's like, why? This had to at least be. The, let's say it took a month for him to get. Like they at least had to give him get him in a simulator. They didn't just yeah. Let him at least you got to do something. He's never physical seen before. Takes at least a week or two. <laughs> yeah, really. Let's say yeah. NASA tried. And plus, if they if NASA stayed open, why is it a secret to him? Why did they just call him up? He said that he's the best pilot they ever had. Yeah, he's close why enough for them to the drive there. Why didn't they call him? And because the the fact that the secret I don't think makes no real work. sense. And he knew that the Lazarus missions happened. So were they public, or did that happen while he was still at NASA? And if they did, why seriously? Why wouldn't they try to get him involved in that stuff? Like right. he's so in the know about stuff, he but didn't then know they're about like, the "Well, actually, the Earth is him. dying, and uh, we we they we didn't found explain." A so, like, apparently, it was like he was a test pilot and had a wreck or something, a crash. Yeah, that was some sort of the gravitational anomalies caused that wreck. What what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> so then they just fired him or something. Well, that never really went off the Was it the wreck, or was it because his wife was dying because they don't have MRI machines? Or it feels like that's a thread of the story that they could have, you know. That was a thread. They should that have fleshed that out. No like, reason. if there was some kind of conflict between him and NASA, that would have made sense. But there was no good part of the story that explained why NASA was a secret. They could have easily just said that NASA was still operating and he well, had to go back he, home because like he that, had to take care of his kids. That's why they had the thing with stuff. the textbook. It was like we have to hide NASA because everyone believes that NASA was not real and that it's a part I mean, of the excessive like society. That's I don't know, damn us what? They, they might as well have just brought in a priest to say yeah. you can't have technology because it like, it's evil. It's like it, it was a neat idea that didn't belong in that it story. It feels like the death of his wife and him getting in some crazy crash feel like that's setting up a story of him not wanting to go, right? And then, like, and then he just goes. Then then creating the conflict where he, that he decides. Or then he, he somehow comes to the point. We don't even see him make that decision. Yeah, that he comes to the point where he, he figures that he has to go, and that's why it's so more painful to leave his daughter and stuff. But he just goes, I'm leaving. <laughs> There's no ifs, ands, or buts. He, said he, he says, I have kids. He's like, so what, man? You go save him. He's like, all right, sir. <laughs> He hasn't. He, You're he right. Hasn't, that's true. He, like he seems too eager. He kind of seems like an ass. Like Muppet movie. Skip ahead in the script, man. You're going. Yeah. I've seen the. I've seen the next twenty pages. Yeah. You're it's going. on page fifty-three. Make your peace with it. It is because we've got that this huge long <laughs> setup before he even thinks about going into space, and then it pays off not at all. Yeah. There's a whole thing because with his son being a farmer and everything. Then they come back off. and say it's the only thing he ever wants to do. Well, but that but that just makes him feel childish, though. It's kind of weird, you know. Like I don't, that it makes the character feel kind of dumb. He's like, oh, I just want to go into space. It's like the world's different. Get over it. You're not going to space. Yeah. Well, he's pretty easily led around because, like, nah, I got things to do. It's like, no, you need to do this. All right. All right. <laughs> like that's the scene. I'll go that's to like, space. Way to, way to build the emotional beat on that one. 
I was. I, mean, like, I think it's more interesting. There's moments in it that are just silly, like the, those little things that, like when he's like driving through the cornfields, and I'm like, is this, isn't this like? Didn't he just say this is the last of our corn crop? Why is he driving through the cornfields? And then he gets to this. <laughs> I mean, plus, like, you, there's giant robot tractors roving around uncontrolled. Like, you could run right into one. But then of those he gets things. the drone, and he and he traps into the drone, hacks into it, whatever he does, and then Ben's leaned over and gone. Is he controlling a three-dimensional plane of flight with a two-dimensional... Yes. with a ThinkPad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's just got he's, he's got the little pad, and he's just, like, controlling three-dimensional flight with a little... It doesn't matter. Ben's that's, like, that's stupid. That's a dumb movie trope. That's like, he's got computers. He's well, just hitting buttons on that, that computer. Yes, so if Ben thinks smart. something stupid, if Ben thinks something's unscientific and stupid, it's, it's pretty bad. He doesn't. Well, this is the thing that – this brings in the idea that Spielberg version of the script, which I thought was interesting, which I feel like start the first half of that Spielberg script is way better. Yeah, it's the, the end that goes, goes crazy. The rails. But the, I think, the justifications but the of the half, stuff make a lot more sense. This probe, this probe was a probe that got sent from their mission in the future. It was a space probe in the that future. crashed on Earth. Yeah. In the original right. – if that article is to be believed, we both read the same article that was going over differences – and so he opens that up, and he gets all this weird data, and it shows this kind of pictures of these. And that basically leads him to NASA, which which is which a is better way plot better than a Morse code thing. Like, and that's way better because way more... then it has a point. Yeah, because yeah, if you because... look at it, it's like I did it because I did it. It's so Tralfamadorian because well, yeah, that's the like, I went thing to NASA like, because I, love... I told myself to go to NASA, and but yeah, yeah it doesn't make not sense. to jump ahead too much, but like that point in the, that scene, you know, where he's in the fifth dimension, the Tesseract mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I love, I love that idea in stories of you know like, like time always existed and this always happened. And but we always it's knew cool that, that, was realize, what, that was what her ghost was going to well, be. Well, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. of course but, we knew that. The, but the, then you wonder is like he can he can use he can manipulate gravity. Why doesn't he just write a message in the dust? Why does he well, yeah, spell but in see, binary? This is my, but but even even just from a storytelling in that moment logic, it's weird because. You can always say, oh, it's cool. That already happened, and I was always meant to do that, and I did it, and I just did it, and I didn't even realize it. But he's realizing. He's like, hey, I caused all this. Quick, tell her to stay. Tell her – like why are you even doing those things such, that you've said? It's such a bullshit emotional well, scene to, because well, first you said, you bulkhead. You already know you did that. Where they try to, they you also, already know they you ignored that. They try to build the drama in that moment by having the whole thing with the brother, and he won't let them leave the farm, and with yeah, this time uh, frame going on, and we need to. And it's like, dude, you're in all of time and space right now. You don't have a time frame for when you can give her well, this message. You can the, go anywhere. In the movie context, you don't need to build was, that artificial yeah, drama. Yeah, why? Why not go far enough back? Because they said like she was trying to communicate when she realized it was using Morse code. Why didn't you go back to one of those moments and give her a message that mattered? And for that matter, right. why why did you interpret that binary code and decide it was coordinates with almost no information? Decide to go there, but then when it specifically spelled out "stay," he just dismissed it like, "Oh, you're just some crazy girl folk. You don't know." But see, that's why. But in that moment, in that test rack, he's saying "stay," and then he's realizing that he's causing it, so he tells her to go. It doesn't make. Uh, yeah, that just reiterates <laughs> that's the, the, the issue. It's like, how do you not realize that you're not going to stay because you didn't stay? Like, how do you not realize? And that robot talking yeah. him to the Tesseract bothers me. Like, how you're, – you're in a timeless, spaceless void. How are you talking to each other on walkie-talkies? How are and you sending all, radio transmissions qual- to each other? I mean, your, your average your – average just like your – average, your average phone app in binary code would take you about four years to write down probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the fact that he's like, oh, this is quantum data, which, good lord, that's probably like pedophile. Well, no, then he wrote that out in Morse code to him. And, and I could almost feel like, okay, he might be able to do it because it's in infinite time and, you know, and he can somehow – but she just writes it on a legal pad. <laughs> I was like, that's a long – I thought they'd take the watch to like the lab and have it just analyze the movements and record Which it or something. It's like, no, she's going to do it all by hand. Don't worry. But, well, that was dumb about it. They wanted that <laughs> watch to have the emotional the significance to the story. Because, again, in the original script, they had encoded it on a probe. And the probe came to Earth, and they found all the stuff. Basically, like that, that was like a perfect sense. temporal sort of loop. Is like it happened because it and happened, the probe and makes starts sense. having like a proximity alarm that leads them to NASA, which is cool because like oh, this is where it wants to go. It was trying to track yeah, here, and it has the crashed. data about the planet and all this kind of stuff. So it all kind of comes. To, so you lose a little bit of that emotional core, but but that's so contrived that you had real emotion and, in the story. You didn't need those scenes. And like all the stuff with the tractor going crazy and all the other stuff going crazy, it was going crazy because the probe landed. Like the magnetic anomaly was that probe coming back. 
So all the tractors, instead of going to the house for no reason and stopping right there, they all went to like the edge of the property where they could go, but they were all pointing towards where the probe was, and that's how he found and it. And help me out on this, because I'm legitimately confused about this, because they're explaining to him this incredibly complex and wild theory that some other interdimensional beings have decided to help Earth by creating gravitational anomalies that crashed his ship, by the way, so thanks, and started spelling out messages to get him to NASA, but also created a wormhole. Because he says, like, like it makes perfect sense. He's like, yeah, no, a stable wormhole is not a naturally occurring event. It's like, then why would you know about it? Since there's no technology to create wormholes, why would you ever come to the conclusion that that's what happened? Yeah, who was looking up in the stars and went, hey, look, a wormhole? Oh, wormhole. That's a wormhole. We, uh, they well, don't exist, yeah, and they can't exist Obviously, by the science that I mean, we understand. Like NASA's best. Well, but he's NASA's must best have been created by a science we don't understand. Goes, that's not what it should look like. And, and that's what. And other let's one say is. they're even right. <laughs> that's what happened. Why would the fifth dimensional future people have created a wormhole that only went to three planets, two of which bordered a black hole? Thanks yeah, for nothing at all. None of them, like, them seemed any good. They don't end up moving to any of them. We'll just stay yeah, in our own solar system. The wormhole is there to send. No, no, no. The wormhole is there to send him into the black hole so he can go back in time and tell them. And the how does that work anyway? Because he goes through the black hole and he comes back out the other side of the wormhole. They're not the same event. They're not the same thing at all. So why is going through the black hole yeah. put him on the other side of the wormhole at all? Well, that's like that. I feel hole like is just I don't what like allows that. Him to go into the space and time dimension. Well, yeah, I don't like that. That that what happened, but that you can explain away with like weird timey wimey tesseract stuff. Because you could just say they plopped him there. You could have plopped him yeah. anywhere. That would have been a lot easier than in the middle of space seconds before he asphyxiated. If they, if that was planned, like I yeah, think the fish was, dimensional people big, are kind of dicks. Dirty pool. This, there's a chance they're not on our side, yeah. guys. We need to identify. If they can tuck him anyway. Why don't you chuck him where the daughter is younger? Time to analyze the data, guys. I don't think they're helping. Maybe it's not us from the future like I just made up for no reason. It's got to be us from the future. It's the only thing that Why? makes sense. Because I said so. Because mm -hmm. I'm doing this right now on the bookshelf, so everything must be us ipso facto. Ergo. Well, that, yeah, that in, yeah, that stuff at the it's end is Because dumb. science. Like, he should never seen her. It's That stuff is like, I like, that's the Spielberg part of like two, where he comes back and it's like 400 years later. Yeah. And, and the world like is taken over great by great grandson. Well, his great-grandson's alive, and then he just – that's why he kind of goes after that brand because it's kind of the only person he has left. That's the other dumb thing. Okay, so there's emotional weirdness there. And then that – I was like, Christopher Nolan, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. This is like – this is one of the scenes that pisses me off the most. He walks into that room with his entire family of these yeah, people that he has been a legend exactly. to. He is, these are his grandkids, his great-grandkids. They would be like, that's grandpa. That's the guy that pictures. He's the guy that went to a wormhole and saved the He's world. He's a historical figure. They wa he walks in. Nobody says a word to him. Nobody touches we him. We made a they museum out, out of, of his way. house. We and think he did something. And then she, yeah, and then she says, hey, blah, blah, blah. You sh she says, you should leave. He backs up. They close around him and turn their backs to him. Yeah. I'm like, He's like, bye. That drove me <laughs> she's nuts. Like, uh, she's like, yeah, I know I you've like, waited you know, like 80 years to get back to me, but you know, I want my other family right now. Bye. But none of that's his family, though. It's not her family. That's exactly. his family, too. Cause yeah. he's, that's that's you know, we're such related, a clumsy right? construction. It's so You don't dumb. want to meet that your grandkids like the and your great scene in the movie. Grandkids. That's like the first scene I'd cut if I cut something else. Oh, yeah, movie, because it'd be easy to cut scene. That. That's another thing. Yeah. It'd be just easy to snip. But rewinding a little bit. I probably bit, would just though, have. Let's, <laughs> leaving the timey wimey stuff out, let's say, let's accept all other premise and they get on the other side of the wormhole and they're like okay guys we have three planets all right one planet is nowhere near the black hole all right that's that all right one planet's pretty damn close to the black hole one planet is practically in the event horizon the black hole and just visiting there will cost us like 500 years like let's go there first like why why did we decide that that would be the best because okay first first of all we're analyzing the data that we were sent apparently when they went on Miller's planet the first thing they decided is that Miller must have been here all of five minutes before she got killed by a wave yeah they couldn't have figured yeah, that science that, out before they went down there what did she send us that made us think this is the best place to go she died immediately upon arrival what and 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 her equipment was destroyed we had no reason to decide to come here first this was worst That's case the thing. scenario That's it. that 
one of the coolest points of this movie is that is that time dilation stuff, the relativity stuff, which is. But awesome that's the only reason this. they go to that planet because because they want to play with this that. Been idea. Such a cooler movie, and he's not going to do it because it's got to be this huge epic thing where they're going through time ghosts and all this stuff. But it'd be such a cool, like almost like sunshiny kind of thing where they go, okay, we have to go do this thing. They get through, and I love that conversation. It's like time is a resource. We have to look at it like that. We only have so much time, and we want to get back. And so then it's this whole battle between that. You know, that's the tension of the movie. But it only happens there, and then they just forget about it. And I was like, that's yeah, the and, coolest and, and, and kind of tension. And it really only seems to be an excuse to say, look, time dilation, it's here. And it's yeah, just we know about science things because science. Well, and see, then what bothers me about that, that, that conflict. That guy, the poor guy's on the ship for like 20 years, but that never has any effect on anything. <laughs> Plus that's like, dumb anyway. Like his character just anyway. goes on the same. He's like, I they didn't want to go to sleep. They never actually stop and have a discussion with him. How was this affecting you? Nothing like that. He does. He's not the one that goes crazy at the end and tries to kill. Is that guy? Is that guy basically the blackest either. guy in sci-fi? Because <laughs> it's yeah. like he's the one who gets stuck on the ship. He ages Screw thirty it. years, it like, and he just he gets it blown feels up like by they a robot. Have like a story, a so hard of a story that he wants to tell, and just starting and talking about this premise in these setting, you start to think of all these threads you could go down. And threads that are logical, and they're like, "No, we're not telling." To that tell story. the same like, story, they could have they could have found a way. They just didn't ever earn it. These conflicts make no sense because they're always like, "He's like, well, I don't want to go to the planet. It's going to cost us fifty years just to check it out." And nobody says, like, no one says, "Well, guys, the biggest reason not to go there is let's say it's perfect. How are we going to transport all of humanity when it's that it costs us that much time?" Like. Unless we're moving everybody all at once, just a single trip there costs us like a hundred Earth years. So right. yeah, we wouldn't feasible. be able to move the entire human race there in enough time because by the time we got back to Earth, it'd all be gone. But instead, they're like, you "Oh, Cooper, like, you you just uh, you want to save humanity because you have that family." It's like, well, who the hell do you have? Don't you guys have human ties on Earth? Why is he the only one that's that actually interested this? in Plan A? Like, they're all like, nope, that's it. Let's just dump the embryos and go. It's like, why am I the only one that thinks saving humanity is a worthwhile enterprise? How is dumping the embryos going to work? Why does that even matter? Yeah, that. like, okay, like we're going like, there you know, with After a, 10 years with surrogacy, we can have a fully wrecking. I'm like, who is going to raise those kids? 150 like, babies. Seriously? Just lying there because like, we grew out of the ground. Like, this, <laughs> have nowhere to go. Really, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll carry on human culture perfectly. These 150 yeah, people that were raised by a robot and a psychopath. It's just cavemen again. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Plan. He's going to get to that planet in the second movie, and she's going to like have set herself up as the god of this world. She's like, <laughs> exactly. I am god. I am mother to all of you. I am the mother of this, this race. baby warriors running around. That makes more sense. Because this is what... <laughs> This is what Megan and I were saying. It's like, wouldn't it make That's more what they sense? Should have found if, man doing. if seeding these planets was the goal, if if it even matters to make new humans, because who would care if just the human race survived if our entire civilization and culture were to die? What does it matter? Wouldn't they had? Wouldn't have been a weird like you could have played with a weird idea where maybe on that ship that those embryos were like in pods or something, ready to grow and like ready to be raised or something. There was like more of a colony machine or something. And then they went down to one of those planets and got stuck for a couple hours, but it had been 100 years, and they come back, and there's like all these people. See, that would have been a cool story, <laughs> whoa, 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 where because we, of time dilation, yeah. they dropped the embryos, and they came back, and there's just an army of angry psychopaths who feel abandoned and confused. <laughs> yeah. And they would have certainly created their own culture that wouldn't be too happy with the people that left them there. That's the Prometheus thing. Uh, I was just about to say, yeah, that sounds like Prometheus. That should have been the story. And why they, they, why they, didn't you love us? Oh, they basically dropped this once they've already been to the planet that cost them like a hundred years. Then they dropped this bomb. Like, well, of course, Brand wants to go to Edmund's planet because she's in love with him. It's like, then why didn't she want to go there first? Yeah. Why was she so big on going yeah, to this other like, planet? And now she's she, like, her character maybe, is so weird. Maybe love is what drives us like, now, but not in her the last scene. Really badass and, and and really cool, and then. And she's all like, no, we have to be scientific about this. It's about the mission. It's about the mission. And then suddenly she's like crying and like, I want to go visit my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And it's like, are you kidding maybe me? Maybe that's what it's all about, hearts. And maybe that's the science of love. Oh, yeah. She oh, has that whole Jesus. monologue about that. But that doesn't come back at the end. I mean, maybe unspoken it does. But he, even in the end, he said, gravity can travel through time. He doesn't go, But love. he does that crap like, in the Tesseract, too. He's like, maybe love is the thing. That's the why I can talk to my daughter. Like, but if that bond's so strong, why didn't you actually connect with either of them? She didn't think it was you. She didn't love the ghost. 
and you didn't even connect with your right. own self. Like, there was no actual connection. That's just weird aliens from the future let you see through a book. And shelf. at that time, yeah, you were lost in your own stuff all the time. So I don't. I don't understand why you can push a book out of the bookshelf, but you can't reach out and type on a laptop. I just don't understand. <laughs> like, write in binary. Why would you want to write it in binary? And why did you recognize and understand the binary in the past, but you're having to ask the robot how to write it in binary now? Yeah. Why didn't you just... Yeah. Ugh. So many stupid things about these things. But, I mean, any time they do the time travel story and they try to make it so that one of the people is having some sort of dilemma, we need to get to them in time to give them the thing, it always doesn't work because you're like, you're going back in time. There's not a set amount of time that you can use to do this. You've got all of time to send her the message. You don't need to make this weird thing with her brother and burning down the fields and well, maybe he's going to come back and stop her from getting the That's a filmmaking thing. He wanted to have this parallel conflict. So he created a conflict on Earth that matched his, his fist fight with Matt Damon. Where it's like Matt Damon wants to kill him. He's on a planet that's 80% gravity, so his genius idea is to push him off a cliff. It's like, isn't that the worst idea of a planet with limited <laughs> gravity? Yeah, that whole Matt Damon stuff is like, you could take that out of the You could, like, because he's yeah. you You recognize him immediately as a sociopath. You know, But they trust yeah. him when they have no reason to, even when he starts well, saying psycho things. Well, and that score, he starts saying psycho things immediately, but then the score the whole time was this <laughs> ominous score. I'm like, what are we doing here? Because he starts telling like, I them. Get it. I was well, like, you know, on. Professor Brand knew that if they sent people out, then they had no chance to, uh, to survive, then they wouldn't be engaged in the... But isn't that exactly what he did to everyone on the Lazarus mission? He sent them all out and said that the only chance they had for survival was that. to hit the button and say, this was the planet. Which, of course, they all would have done if they didn't all die instantly except for man. Man's the only one that lived long enough to hit that damn button. Yeah. I mean, they, they set it up by him saying he was the best of us. It's like, well, that means he's going to turn on all yeah. of this. And by That's best exactly of us, I mean he happen. doesn't know how to dock the ship, and he doesn't know what will happen when he decompresses the airlock. That's what we mean by best of us. He doesn't understand how space works. <laughs> but there was a whole stupid thing with uh, the whole Matt Damon being in the movie as a spoiler. As I messaged you guys, as someone walked out of the theater past me as I was walking in and saying, and Matt Damon was evil. <laughs> and I was like, we're not even supposed to know that he's in the movie, but uh, thanks for that. Guy. I didn't mean that was a spoiler. I mean, it like... wasn't a spoiler that he was evil because the second he wakes up, you're like, yeah, he's bad guy. But we yeah, weren't so... supposed to know he was in the movie. It was supposed to be a big thing where his shroud is in secrecy and then he appears and we're like, supposed to be like, oh, it's Matt Damon. But well, we knew he was in the movie, the though. Movie? He was in the cast. It does take you out of the movie because... By the time they're having a fist fight, you're like, what the hell is happening? Well, because it, well, you can't have him pop up. He's, like, he's more, I mean, yeah, Matthew Connolly just won Academy Award, but I mean, I think Matt Damon's like a big blockbuster star. Well, yeah, I guess he's a bigger Matt movie Damon. star, but. Yeah, so it's like he's the biggest star in the movie. He pops out of this thing. You're like, whoa. I guess they thought that would make it fun since he turned out to be a bad guy, but okay, so. But there was a whole thing like, that they did throughout the beginning Jason of the movie. Did you, notice? Frozen up the, did you notice how they went to the photos? They looked at all the photos on the wall and they were like, and then man, and then like pan away. And it's like, wait, we, yeah, we don't get to see what like? that guy's... Because I knew about the whole Matt Damon thing, I was aware of it. And I was like watching for it. I was like, that's dumb. Don't deliberately not... Oh, you can see these photos, but this guy's got a fuzzy face because he's famous. and we don't. What makes me mad here. is the events that occur prove exactly why they shouldn't have done this the way they did it. First of all, why would Professor Brand keep them in the dark about his plans to save humanity when they needed that information? But when he sent Lazarus people out, they were they had full knowledge that they probably wouldn't survive. And why, knowing that, would they expect the people to tell them truthfully? Wouldn't they want only the robot to send them data to confirm why, that yeah, that was the reason? Why didn't they just send the robots to begin with? And didn't they, didn't wouldn't they, they actually the want real, other... wouldn't they say, yeah, send us your data instead? Like, nope, he says it's good. He hit the button. It's so one button. Were there nine other planets? Is Wasn't that the like deal? 12 planets? But How they only say they come out to three of them. I don't know what happened to the other people because the, the three they went to. Two of them are right next to a black hole. <laughs> two of them were bordering a black well, even hole. Even the other one's right next terrible. to a black hole because it's in the center of the freaking. You're like, well, even if you move. How long is this going to last? <laughs> if you could get all of humanity, doesn't this seem precarious? Doesn't this seem a little irresponsible? No, don't worry about to the, transplant the, us the to a planet waves. that's. That's not a problem. Don't worry about it. It's... 
Yeah. Could the the fact that it has 9,000 foot waves have anything to do with the fact that it borders a black hole? Well, what, the whole b- bordering I mean, the a black tides, hole thing. If, if the moon makes the tides on our planet, imagine what a black hole does to the tides on this planet. But if what we're looking for is a planet that's similar to Earth, how about we look for one that's orbiting a sun? Just spitballing. Look at the Goldilocks zone. You guys are doing all this freaking science stuff. You don't know what the Goldilocks zone is? You're looking for ones that are positioned similarly to Earth in its solar system. And the first place you go, first you go to a system that's a giant black hole in the middle. So it is in, in no way at all. A black hole sucks light. How would a planet that bordered a black hole even have daylight? Well, yeah, there's a zone around the black hole that where light can't escape from. Like the depiction of the black hole from the movie was actually accurate, like this shiny stuff and whatnot, but otherwise we wouldn't know. I know, that. isn't that's neat. We didn't even mention that. Oh, how they actually got the real, like it, when the guy, yeah, the 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 science, like the scientific consultant the actually science gave them all the awesome. equations. I I didn't know. I that didn't know how much great. I liked the relativity. And visually, it, it was amazing. Like, it seemed like they like they went to the planet and they just came back and years had passed, but there didn't seem to be any. It just sort of seemed like this location is this time. This location is this time. There was no going between the locations. There was no speaking about how any of that stuff would cause the dilation. There was no, like, maybe moving between those two places would do something to you. But no, just yeah, one place true. is one time zone. The other place is the other time zone. It's too neat. Yeah. Oh, they do have that weird, like, zone in between the warp and the wormhole where it's like the, whatever they called it. The, the wormhole bit was cool. The, they, they, yeah, they, because, and I mean, they that's address it. other stuff, like traveling close to the speed of light and that sort of business they mention it but yeah that's the one thing about this movie too is like even all this stuff we're saying if you hear this you got to go see it in the theater because it is like a it's like a theme park ride for a lot of it and it's it is and the it's a lot of fun i mean it's so I've easy to, to pick at the story so but it's a lot of fun. loud so so loud <laughs> i i guess it wasn't as loud in the theater we were in because we didn't it was so loud in my theater problem. i was you know sitting next to a low wall like there was a low wall in front of me and i had my feet up on it and then where the ship's taking off, I realized that the wall is rumbling so much with the sound that I actually felt like I was in a ship taking off. Well, we had, <laughs> we were that IMAX theater, Sean, the one we saw Star Trek 2 in, in Kennesaw. And I went to that mm-hmm. one, and like it started about 20 minutes into it. Like there, That score has so much low end in it. Yeah. But something happened, and one of the, I think one of the, like, the little woofers or something broke. Because then it started, anytime <laughs> it got to that certain um, theme... Because it happened at the beginning and it only comes back at the end. It's only a certain theme in the movie has this really low bass note. It starts going, like, it started like squealing in a certain way, which is not a part of the score. It's like, that's funny. They blew out the speakers in this place. Yeah, well, it's really low. Like my chest hurt afterwards because it was so much of that score low so vibrating loud. note. Let me tell you one little part that annoyed me on that planet, like on Miller's planet, like. When Bus Bentley gets blown out into the water, like, okay, we gotta go, and they leave, and no one ever mentions, you know, if it takes us 20 years to come back, that's still only like five minutes his time, you know, we got plenty, we could go see, I mean, he was wearing a spacesuit, he probably didn't drown. And then they see his like, corpse floating there, it's like, oh, that's sad. He's in a spacesuit, though. <laughs> it's like, he's Maybe floating, he's okay. he might yeah, just be knocked out. Yeah, he's, he's, he's feet, screwed. though, or something, <laughs> he's probably... I'm just saying they they give up on him pretty quick. Yeah, they just they just turn right back around and, and they go just back. sort of say, "I'll oh, go he back didn't make to it. Edmund's planet." They get back to the black guy because and they're like, "Yeah, he didn't make it. Whatever, we'll just forget him." Yeah. Okay. No problem. I didn't put myself to sleep because I was afraid I'd never wake up. It's like, why didn't you put a timer on it? Man had his on a timer. Did no one show you how to use the timer? You could have had it wake you up every five years. Well, he just said in he case. went in for a couple of stretches. So maybe he did go in for five years or a couple of years and then just woke up and went, ah, uh, they're still not But back. he suggests that he woke himself up and he's like, I didn't want to stay in indefinitely. Like, at no point did you ever have to stay in there indefinitely. And if you'd completely given up, why didn't you entertain the idea of going home? Yeah. Like, you still had the responsibility of saving humanity. It wouldn't have been selfish. Well, maybe if he did the calculations, he's like, well, they're still only there for like three minutes. You know, well, like five he minutes. spent 20 years studying the black hole and came up with nothing, too, by the way. Well, that's what I'm like, saying. That's, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a point for natural math. conflict, like Lynn said earlier. Why does he not? Why is he not nuts in some way? Like, he is such a superfluous character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Why, they get yeah, back yeah, and it's like, I was here for all? 20 years, but it just means that I'm a little bit grayer. 
My character still isn't interested. Wouldn't he at be all. like a really source of conflict when they get back? That would be interesting. He's never mad. He's like the most reasonable of all of them. Even after that, they're all fighting and mad about things. Like, what are you mad about? You've been this, you've been gone fifteen minutes. I was sitting around for twenty three. There's years. just such a more interesting movie in all of this because what if he can't? They came back and he's not there, but that ship's still there. Like, what the hell happened? You know. Well, if they wanted to have a man kind of character, he should have been yeah, it. Yeah, he should have been it. They should have left and come back and found out he was those... a psychopath. Yeah, like like Solaris or one of those silly movies where they're all like out in space being crazy. What was it? Not as much space crazy. More space crazy. Space madness. No, Sunshine was more like a space crazy. Yeah, yeah that Sunshine. That's the one. Naked through the thing. Like, or event horizon. I saw the sun. I am not <laughs> that crazy. That was a black hole too. I like Sunshine. Went through a black hole to planet hell. Sunshine, yeah. Sunshine was all right. But yeah, that stuff bothered me. It, the whole the whole thing with man bothered me because it was such this movie cliche crap. Like you knew he was crazy. You knew, and the reason he was crazy didn't really hold up that well compared to basically everybody else. The, he had no reason to know that he was stranded there with no hope for survival, but he did know that. That exposition should not have come from him because he would have been the last person who would be possessed of that information. Yeah, but they had to have somebody say it, so they gave me like, yeah, they So I was like, what a, what a, and then, what a horrible you know, person. Well, they like, find out there that his, his robot mission. is wrecked, and they're like, maybe we can fix it. He's like, nah, don't bother. Whereas their robots are like their friends. They're like, oh no, TARS can't go in the thing. So it should, it should have been a red flag immediately that he had no interest in repairing the robot. And then the robot explodes. How did he rig the robot to explode? Why was that a function of the robot? And why would he do that? Because he had no way of knowing that someone might not tamper with that robot when he was standing 10 feet from it. He didn't plan for them to mess with the robot while he was trying to kill Matthew McConaughey for no reason. And why did Matthew McConaughey... I'm the only one here that's not a scientist. Why am I going with him to check out the atmosphere? Why don't we bring one of the robots? Isn't that what they do? Why am I going? In fact, I'm the one person that shouldn't be going because if I die, nobody can fly home or anywhere else. I shouldn't what go on any of the dangerous thing? shit. What was she? A biologist or something like that? I think. When, uh, yeah. <laughs> was she some sort of nebulous scientist she character? Said, I think she was well, a biologist. <coughs> well, the funny she, thing is, too, it's like before he went total nuts and before you know that he's lying, I thought it was way more interesting that this was a viable planet and that there are some kind of creatures down there and that... He, but he is super militant about him staying. He's like, no, this is Plan B. This is what we're doing. Like, I think that's more of an interesting conflict than him just going nuts. You know, and I like to kill him for no reason. Yeah, because some of the creepy stuff he says while he's trying to kill him is really awesome and, ter- and terrifying. Well, but you know, like, that's the a fact cool that he's like apologize like, no, and he's what... like, I'm here for you. I'm with you right now. I'm I'm here for you. It's like so weird. Like Jesus, dude, just let me die. Are you thinking about your kids right now? It's like, oh God. <laughs> It's so awkward. I know that's what I'm saying, though. He was sent to a planet, and nothing crazy happened. His mission was to go there and wait and die. Dying is part of his mission, if that's what it is, right? That's what they signed up for. Yeah, and, he and knew he went in. there, and that's what happened. He immediately went completely nuts because <laughs> it's like you knew exactly what was going to happen. And yeah, it seemed to have gone no nuts straight away. Like there was no, there doesn't seem to be much time has passed. Like he just, he was always sending out the positive signals. His planet was always one that he said was good. I pressed the button yeah. almost immediately. He, he just gets there at the planet says, and goes, "I'm gonna die." Shit, uh, crazy, crazy now. He says that because really, because he says that he, you know, he put himself to sleep. Why were you awake long enough to go crazy? Why not just put yourself in that sleep and leave yourself there? Yeah, why like, wouldn't you just yeah. get to the planet? If you're able to put yourself in that cryo sleep. sleep why Why is it they're acting like that he was just sitting there for 20 years or so and it suddenly occurred to him that he was lonely? It's like, well, maybe you should have killed your robot. So yeah, but maybe that robot was on that. 90% humor. That would be annoying enough to kill anyone. The only thing he ever gets right is like kind of a sense of longing and nostalgia, like, it's like an inception and other things where people miss somebody. That's the only emotion sometimes that rings true in those, but... He has no idea how people work <laughs> in all these movies. And, like, from Inception to, like, Dark Knight Rises to this. I was like, every emotional scene is so off from how normal people would act or be in that scene. It's kind of funny when you look at it. The, look at his earlier films because, like, with Memento and following things. Like, they're very misanthropic. It's like you wonder, like, well, maybe at the core. Yeah, they're all su- – like, like so- he, he's – I mean, it's almost like a Shyamalama thing. Like, he's surviving in high concept, and he's such a good visual director. I think it it is that. 
It's he's all high better concept. than Shyamalan. He's doing yeah. it better because he doesn't like do twists. But these emotional twists are what he is bouncing, what he's sort of banking everything on. But he's not earning them in the writing. The, the emotion is there, and God knows everybody in the movie had, had these great performances. Yeah, and I liked those robots. I the robot watching, designs were really McConaughey cool. McConaughey was good. Watching McConaughey and um, Anne Hathaway for you know three hours that wasn't bad. I don't mind that. No, it's it's a fun movie to watch. But yeah, but yeah and, you do get annoyed that it's, it feels condescending. It feels patronizing in the sense that I'm supposed to buy the emotion of this, even though it makes no sense. Like, everything they do makes... Because even stuff like, why couldn't you just tell your daughter you were leaving to save the Earth? It's like, because I need her to feel protected. I can't tell the yeah, world's ending. Like, well, apparently Michael Caine did, because she works there. And she's on the mission, so... And she's still mad 20 years later, 30 years later. She's still mad. It's like, he told you why he went up there. And she's still mad even though she knows why you left. Oh, that's where it gets even dumber. Because, again, like, we're not supposed to imagine that 30-year span. Like, she feels the same as she did in the last time we saw her in a scene. Because it's only been one scene for us. But it's been 30 years of movie that we didn't see. She should be more evolved by now. And it's funny they devolve because the, if she the, knows sun, the, the sun goes to, from being the most well-adjusted kid almost. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be a farmer. I'm going to have this boring life, do this. And then he's so mature to leave all those messages all throughout the, you know, his life. And then at the end he just becomes this yeah, dumb Yeah, with no woman. answer back. <laughs> yeah. And also he's all like – my wife to no dang doctor. That guy didn't and raise us. Granddad raised us. And it's like, what, you were like 15 when your dad left. He raised you, Okay. I was like, but the whole point that's so touching is yeah, that he you left were old us. enough to take over the farm, and then your granddad died, like, what, five years later? Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. Like, because he, I mean, he gets, Come that on, character get gets kind of, man. you see the, the depth of that character in all those messages that he leaves. And you're like, oh, man, he really, you know, he realizes that it might be for nothing, but he's doing it. And he's holding on, and then he just, he's just an idiot after that. It's like, ugh. Well, there's the he bit that, you know, his daughter dies, and then suddenly he turns into a stupid person. It's like, yeah, yeah I love Ka- but see, you Why like does that. NASA, why are they the only ones that have a doctor, though? Like, that's the other thing. Like, there aren't doctors. People go to universities, supposedly, you would think, if it's just a select few, it's to Well, be they have a doctor. Like doctor. She has a doctor there. But then we find out He's they don't have MRR machines. and everything. He's clearly a doctor. <laughs> but she has to bring in Topher Grace from underground, and he says, you know what? Breathing dust for your whole life is bad for you. Like, what? I ain't never heard no such a thing. And, like, they're coughing their lungs <laughs> out. Topher Grace is almost a little too famous for that role, too. He's not really famous at all, but you're like, well, Topher Grace. It's like, well, that's how you're going to kiss at like, the oh, end, dude, because it was like, it's Topher Grace. He must be the love interest. Yeah. Yeah, he must do something. Like, no, you're really just like, good for him. He's in Christopher Nolan. Like, she can't kiss somebody from central casting. He's going to be a movie star. <laughs> That's the stuff that just drives you nuts because then he's going to fight do anything in the movie. It's like, from this guy's perspective, you came to his house and said everyone has to leave now. He said no, and now you're coming back with a tire iron to brain him after burning his crops down. That bit like, was he's weird. He's kind of like, right in this argument. He's, he's so, like sort of standing justified. there with his tire iron and he looks like he's going to smash the windows or something. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, it's such a That's another contrived conflict. Like, why are any of these people doing this? And then she the comes down and like, says something completely crazy. She says, like, look at the watch handle on this watch. Dad's talking to me from the future. And then they're like, oh, okay. And what would have been hilarious sort of, if the brother there had just lost his shit and smashed the watch. That's what should have happened. Yeah, that is what should have happened. I kind of feel that like maybe Smash this movie, like if you just – it's like – I've had that experience with Dark Knight Rises where it's on HBO, but it's just on mute and I'm doing something else. I'm like this is, looks like a great movie. <laughs> And I feel like there's parts of this movie you just could make, add little whispers and music, and it's like some Terrence Malick movie, and it's so poetic looking. You're like, oh man, what is this? Oh yeah, what is? It feels like this real, really visual tone poem because even though it had those fires, and it cuts back to the black hole, and it has all the sparks from the fire, you know, that's cutting back and forth, and it's all visually very poetic. You like, but that's why I think you could save this movie with editing. It's like stop all the splaining. Like, when like the, your explanations are dumb. You could just make it simple just, and just cut, cut out down. most of the dialogue. Don't say why this happened. Just let it go. And, and it becomes an emotional thing. You, when you, you're making us intellectualize it when you're offering such dumb explanations. Oh, yeah, because even if you got to that Tesseract, even if you got to that Tesseract thing, that scene, what if it was some crazy score? Like, he wants to play score the rest of the movie. What if there was score playing and he didn't talk? And he just is kind of seeing this. And yeah, it's instead like of going, this thing. must be this, and the robot's explaining things. Don't do any of that. Just have it's him so do it. It's so much more interesting that he's reaching out Given and doing Given that we guessed stuff. in the beginning that he was the ghost, it would have just been a moment of, yeah, of oh, course. good. 
And what would make more sense is like he's underwater. It's like it's like things that turned out. Yeah, it'd be like he is a ghost, and he's like he can't say anything. There's no he can't use his voice, so he's like trying to do all that stuff, and he's desperately doing these things, and it would make way more sense. Here's another thing that bothers me real bad, like that this unnecessary revelation that Michael Caine this just tells her. I knew this this whole thing was a sham from the beginning. It's like they wanted to do that just to create drama, but yeah. it makes no sense. It's like because he's like, I failed, I failed. Here's my deathbed confession. It's like, well, hold on a second. From your perspective, what you were trying to do was send a bunch of astronauts in outer space to implement Plan B by withholding information. From that perspective, you did not fail. You succeeded in doing that. Why do you suddenly feel like a failure when and you knew your... the gravity equation wouldn't help from day one? The only thing you did wrong was allowing her to participate in this program knowing that it couldn't succeed. She was and over smart. He could have gotten her to do something useful. <laughs> Well, and in a sense, too, he, but he they made ignored it that when moment. she said, well, look, you've been doing this from the wrong direction. He's like, ah, pish, posh, whatever. Stop talking, girl, woman. Well, they you made it seem like he could, she could solve it right then, and she still couldn't. They still needed black hole information, which wouldn't happen if he hadn't sent the people for plan B. So, oh, and that black hole information. Forget the watch. Forget the Morse code. The black hole information is so dumb because, first of all, it's, their plan is we're going to send TARS into the black hole – and he's going to send information back while he's That's the just most like science wish stuff. I guess. It's like, it sucks in light. It sucks in time. He is not going to be able to broadcast out of this thing because if he could get close enough to broadcast out without getting sucked into the black hole, wouldn't he just do that and not go into the black hole? By the time he's but in the black hole, he can't transmit shit. That's the whole problem. And even if he could, it'd probably go through some time dilation when the information came back at a point where it'd be useless to them. Well, that's but the point. The time dilation is such – when you're going into a black hole, the time dilation is such that you don't actually know that you're going into it. You sort of get stuck in. <laughs> you sort of part way in, according to your time, because it just yeah, slows so much for you. That is what they're trying to say. There's like a there's like a sweet spot where I'm in the black hole, but I'm not getting sucked in the black hole. It's like that doesn't exist. What you just described doesn't exist. When I mean, you body hole, fly apart. You're in the irresistible pull of the black hole, and that's it. Nothing gets out. Now somehow you can get in the tesseract where you can still radio people from, through space and time to explain things you have no business knowing. I like this. Because the robot's like, I don't think the they hole. want us to do what this. What sort of data do you need from a black hole? What can it tell you about gravity that you didn't already know? Well, no, it's just what, data. Nobody, as a premise, it makes no sense. What gravity equation were you trying to solve that would allow us to, to launch this space station that you built, according to you, you built already, th that could transport all of humanity to a different planet. That and you couldn't if you do decided on early on Earth. that the gravity equation would not allow you to do that, why did you build the space station? Why didn't you do something useful like build it on Earth? Why didn't you build a space station, I don't know, in space? Like what? Because he's saying this whole thing is a centrifuge. I don't understand how that helps us. And especially if the whole business is a sham, that makes no sense that you built that and that the premise that the gravity equation could ever help would even work. And if it's, it's already built, then what life. would the equation do for us? We already built this ship. If if we already didn't build it based on that equation, then what? Then what is that knowledge helping us with? We don't have time to build another space station. It's such a MacGuffin to the thing. The whole the, the, well, this movie yeah, is just full just of what, all these Deus ex machina moments. Like these people from the future build a wormhole for us, and and we just need a gravity equation that's basically magic in terms of the story in order for us to find a resolution. So don't argue with that either because we well, didn't give you enough information to sign. Well, even in the beginning too, when they say when they say other beings made it, they're talking about like aliens. They think aliens built it, and they're like, yeah, don't worry about that part. Okay, more part. So the scientific, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you, you said aliens? aliens? Yeah, you put this you're thing there. Like, wait, wait, wait a second. Stuff. I'm buying a lot of stuff on credit here, guys. They totally just brushed mm -hmm. that off. And they're like, we're scientists, we're going to go, and this is all happening. But it's like, yeah, the aliens put it there. Don't like, worry about it. Because that's the thing. That's the only thing that actually does make the Lazarus missions push the story forward. Because he's like, and you're just going to send a person? We did. We did already. 
Now, no one ever came back from there, but somehow we have data that we're going to use, although we need you to go there and collect that data physically for us to have it and use it. And for some reason, we received transmissions through the black hole wormhole to know that these guys got there, but as soon as you get to the other side of the, black, the wormhole, all of a sudden you can't communicate back for no reason. No more transmissions. Uh, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, so that's all just like just story elements. It's just bad construction because you created these things that are obstacles to the story, but you didn't explain why they exist and they don't consistently exist or they, there's no universe where they, they work physically. It's just a story construction. That is as good a stopping point as any. Tune in next time as the gang concludes their futile effort to unlock the mystery of Interstellar. Welcome to 2015, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the observance of your preferred religious or secular social activities with family and loved ones. Look for TV Ate My Dinner on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and on our website, tvatemydinner.com. Visit forum.tvatemydinner.com if you're feeling adventurous. Maybe someone will have actually posted something there. We live in a boundless time continuum. Anything is possible. Dog crazy. Dog.